Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Really excited to be joined by Parker Gabriel from the Denver Post at Parker J. Gabriel. First of all, we had had a chance to congratulate you since the last time we had you on mm-hmm. the show. Thank you so much for joining us, and congrats, man. Oh, yeah, thanks. Thanks. It's been great. The last time I was on the show, do you remember what the topic of the day was? It was It was the fun day, wasn't it? Or It was um, Brandon Johnson. Brandon and, Johnson. And Justin Outen. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yes, how, that's how right. the offensive coordinator was. Young and hung. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You were standing there, and I asked you about all that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Hungry. So, uh, that uh, feels yeah. like uh, a lifetime ago at this point. And, yes, it was a job ago for me. So. Well, there was so much optimism then, and, yeah. and, and it was cheeky and fun. And, and, and you know, to, the, to their credit, the Broncos coaches tried to keep some of the joking going during some of the pressers, but – uh, it got to a point where you just you just kind of have to go straight up with this thing, and, and, and so I give him some credit on that. Um, you know, one of the things I wanted to have you in studio talk about is a guy that's covered football for a while, not just the Broncos, is about culture and about the culture of losing. I, I want to get your thoughts on the creative ways the Broncos have found to lose games this season. Is that indicative of something bigger? What 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 do you attribute that to? Yeah, I think it's one of those things that you just know it when you see it one way or the other. And part of the, one of the great sort of, you know, mysteries of sports is how you build that and how you foster it and how do you get over the hump? Yeah. You can't, you can't get over the hump without winning. And if you don't learn how to win, how do you win? And this is like, it's funny because I, before I got here, I covered Nebraska for five seasons and it was the exact same thing. I mean, there's guys, there's great guys in the locker room, you know, like you, you, you can see here, Justin Simmons just scratching his, brow of like, man, what do we have to do to get over the hump? And it was the same thing. I saw, you know, classes of guys go through their entire career at Nebraska and you, you talk to them and you're like, these, these guys should be able to figure this out. And when it doesn't happen, um, it is, you sit around and go, man, I don't know what, wh- what is the right answer? Um, and that it's, it can be, it can be really elusive. And once it starts stacking on top of each other, it's really hard to, hard to reverse. Is the right answer Matt Rule? <laughs> That's a good question. They got seventy-two million dollars. It says it is. I think. I think it will be. Um, Coach Rule's an acquaintance, and he does. Uh, you know, his NFL stint aside, he's been wildly successful at the yeah. collegiate level in building programs. And I think he'll. He'll. And I think it's good for Colorado and Nebraska. You know, you got Dion oh, yeah. and Matt Rule there. Maybe reignite the rivalry. So that is going to be think, quite uh, a scene in September. Yeah, it really, yeah. really will be. So I, I'm. You know, kind of looking forward to that. Uh, with, with regard to the Broncos, though, we, we talked about the cold, you know, and, and it being pervasive and all that kind of stuff. Justin Simmons is scratching his head on all this. And, you know, there have been suggestions out there. Uh, we need to fire everybody, fire the general manager, fire the coach, fire the quarterback, fire, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. What would you do? Just just looking at this situation, what would you do? Uh, because I, I look at this and I scratch my head. And I, th- I say, we isolate the variable. And for me, you start the variable that makes the most sense to isolate first would be the head coach because you're tied fi- financially to the quarterback. And, and the general manager has shown a track record of at least drafting well. Yeah. So I start with that. But where would you start in trying to turn this ship around? Yeah, I think the first question that you, that you really have to answer, and I, I know fans don't, don't like the injury excuse, and I'm, I'm certainly not making it. I mean, they've been in so many games, no matter how many guys they have on IR, no matter how many guys are hurt that they've been 
been in position to win. But I think you have one of the questions you have to answer is you knew that this was going to take a little bit of time to get on track offensively. Mm-hmm. And they blew some opportunities to win games in September and early October when they were at essentially their healthiest. And now you're getting to a point, just realistically on the depth chart, where like, how are you supposed to go beat Kansas City with the right. guys that they have playing receiver, mm-hmm. uh, the guys that they have playing running back? The running back situ- situation's been a mess since Javante got hurt. Um, so to me, it's like, first you have to make the determination of like, what are you actually, what, what does progress mean over the last eight games of the year? Mm-hmm. And then I'm not necessarily saying you grade on a scale, but like, whatever you determine progress looks like between Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson in particular, like how much of that do you get over this stretch run? And then from there, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. But I mean, like you're, you're tied to Russell Wilson. So um, if something's not working with him and hopefully that's an honest conversation that, that George Payton and and Nebraska can have with him, like, how do you fix that? Um, I don't, you know, is it, beyond repair? Is it just a tweak here and there? Is it the fact that he's starting to get comfortable with all of this and now he's got nobody to throw to? Like the answers to those questions, I think ultimately are what lead you to the next iteration, which is, you know, <laughs> how close are you to competing next year? Right. Uh, Parker Gabriel joining us here in studio. So <laughs> we haven't finished the season yet. It's not, we don't know what's going to happen in these final five, five games, but if it's a lot of what we have seen, what is the lesson we learned in our process of hiring Nathaniel Hackett? What's the lesson George Payton, this front office, learned from that that they can take going forward to the next coaching staff? Because assuming at that point, if you continue like you're going, you're going to be resetting there. Yeah, one of the things I've, I I feel like got maybe underappreciated, certainly I probably underappreciated it, is just not only having a first-time head coach, but having a first-time head coach who also was going to call plays who also had a bunch of other guys in first-time situations. You know, like, it's Justin Alton's first time being a coordinator. Right. Uh, it's Butch Berry's first time running a room and being the guy in the room. And so all of these things. And then w- with Nate, I mean, being a head coach for the first time is hard enough. Mm-hmm. And then he's called plays in the past, but not for quite a while. So it seems really obvious looking back on it to say, how how do we realistically expect that this is going to just be a smooth operation when you're asking s- such a high number of people to do things that they either haven't done recently or that they've never done before. And so that's like, so to me, it's like how I don't think you can corner yourself in the hypothetical where they're looking for a new head coach. Like, I don't think you can corner yourself and say the last three guys have been first time head coaches and they haven't worked. So absolutely not. I mean, you have to go through your process and find a guy that you think is going to be really good for your franchise, regardless of who that is. But I think certainly um, the red flag probably gets raised a little bit higher if you're asking layer upon layer of people to step into roles that they've never had before. Well, and that was my that was my problem when the staff was started to be assembled. I was like, you have a whole bunch of people who've never done what they're doing before. They don't know what they don't know. Right. And not having an adult in the room. Now, the defense eventually got that with Dom Capers. Right. And I think that's part of what the, the, the successful transition from Vic Fangio to Jero Averro has been because of uh, having an adult in the room and picking up the slack on, hey, here's what I would do. Nathaniel Hackett didn't stack the offense with anybody like that. Clint Kubiak is the guy with the second most NFL experience right. on that offense. See, I think, and, and even like special teams as a whole has not been great and they've, they've been fine in some areas and really bad in other areas. But like... Even like Dwayne has been a special teams coordinator before, and he's got Mike Mallory who has 15 years of experience. Right. They've got 
Dom Capers and Bill Kohler on the defensive side. And I don't, I haven't asked Nate this question, you know, right to him, but like, I, it seems the way that staff is structured that he sort of thought that he was going to be that voice on the offensive side. I mean, that's sort of what you're left to when you look at the experience level in general on, on the offensive staff. And that just hasn't, you know, it hasn't borne out in terms of touchdowns, points, wins, and anything really. And you, you almost think, I thought, would have thought at this point they'd fall backwards into some of that, right? I mean, right. at some point, just because of what the NFL is uh, and, and the amount of, of parity, you would have thought they'd have fallen backwards into a win or two that they shouldn't, maybe should or shouldn't have had. Or a 31 point outing or something. Yeah, something, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, to have your highest watermark of the season at 23 points. You know, was that week three, week four against the Raiders? I mean, yeah. I, that's forever ago. That's a lifetime ago at this mm-hmm. point. And, and to have that as your high watermark of the season just is, is remarkable. And they've only eclipsed 20 points twice. So that that is like one of those deals. Like, I'm really fascinated in the process of this. And, and I think you bring up a great point about Nathaniel Hackett. And it's been a minute since he called plays. So, again... If like they do something remarkable here and they win a few games down the stretch and all of a sudden the ownership talks themselves into keeping Nathaniel Hackett, it seems like the best course of action would be to bring somebody else in to help, I guess, evolve Hackett and evolve this offense. Yeah, I think, I mean, you've seen a couple of the first-time head coaches, and there's some guys that are calling plays and, and having success, but, you know, I mean, we look at, like, Brian Dable, right, in New York, I mean, the first thing he did, one of the first things he did was, was even though he was renowned as a play caller, bring in Mike Kafka to, to do that. And, and that's, that's worked really well, obviously. And so to me, like one of the questions, if, if, if Nathaniel Hack is coming back for a second year and you're saying, okay, how do we get this thing going? I mean, you have to find the key that unlocks Russell Wilson, basically. Right. Some of that invariably is going to be about the health and the talent that's around him, and how, and, and how do you supplement that? And you've got to probably uh, work on at least a couple spots on the offensive line. You, you need to find somebody in the receiving core who you can rely on to be out there who can take the top off of a defense, uh, even if it's not Tyreek Hill, you know? Right. So we're going to have we're gonna have Zach Seegers in here in just a little bit from Mile High Sports, and he's going to tell us why he doesn't think Russell Wilson has anything left and they should move on as fast as possible. What do you think when you see Russell Wilson? I mean, I think you see flashes where you can, you know, it's like, okay, hey, you know, you can work with this. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think that the MVP days are coming back probably. Yeah. Um, but I, I, to me, there's enough there. Is it ever going to look at this point? It's, there's a long way to get to where you feel like uh, you know, 245 million over that number of years is a, a great investment, but I do, I think it's workable. Um, but I think maybe more than certainly more than some guys, maybe more than most guys, I think that the challenge is going to be, how do you, you know, how do you tailor personnel that works with him? You know, like, I think to me, like, you don't, I think a guy like Marquez Valdez Scantling, who Broncos fans are going to see this weekend, like mm-hmm. he's not only can he, he's not the greatest receiver on the planet, but not only can he threaten a defense and, and threaten to take the top off a of defense, but he's a tall dude. Like he's six four, and that's somebody that if you're gonna, you know, you're they're just right now. You're asking Russell Wilson to like hit KJ Hamler when he's healthy, or hit Montrell Washington up the seam. It's like, what what are the odds that this is going to consistently be something that works that he can see that you can identify and that ball placement wise you can get the ball to. I mean, uh, you know, you don't need a team of giants, but I do think that one of the, the challenges for George Payton in particular is going to be find the guy that can unlock Russell Wilson and then put players that fit a profile around him that, that can make plays for him. 
Well, yeah, and it feels like there's a bit of a misuse with some of these receivers. You know, we see Montreal Washington, they keep trying to hit him on the deep over yeah. or whatever like that. I'm like, the, the guy's shorter than I am. Right. You know, and it, it, why aren't you using him on the pop screen? Right. You know, that, that's where he's at his best, the ball in his hands at creating. Why aren't you using Jalen Virgil, who has long speed, an old-world long speed on stuff like that? We saw it last year. Uh, remember when Teddy Bridgewater's throwing the ball in the back of the end zone for Deontay Spencer right. at five foot seven or what? Yeah. You know, I mean, like, like it just feels like it, it just feels like personnel misuse at this point because you you do have some guys that have some size. You do have some guys that have some speed. Why does this coaching staff not have confidence to put put them out there? Now you're down to it. Now, now because of attrition, you're going to have to. Right. But you know why doesn't why don't they have confidence in putting them out there to be able to at least try it? Nothing and else is working. I'm not. I'm not. By no means am I like an expert on this stuff, but I just don't. You know, with, with Russell, I mean, there, there's the <laughs> Hackett said it a couple weeks ago. There's the, there's the fact that he's you know five ten or whatever he is. I mean that there at some point, like unless he's dropped way back in the pocket, there if you've got small receivers operating in the middle of the field, there's going to be challenge there. Just in terms of like you got big people in between you and where you're trying to put the ball. And so I to me like I think. Like that, I, they're they're committed, and and you can make the argument um, for you know bailing on on Russell Wilson as soon as you want. The numbers are are really gory in terms of trying to do that. But like, I think the before any of that is going to be, you know, throwing your hat in the ring and saying we're going to do everything we can to put the pieces around him from the coach to to the personnel. Uh, to try to make this work because they don't they don't really have another practical option besides that. Did you think this roster was a quarterback away when they acquired Russell Wilson? I did. Yeah, I I did, and I thought I I was a little bit leery of. There was a lot of talk about, you know, and Russell talked about it when he was introduced, and and about how good the skill talent was, and in a everything works perfectly world, um, you could see it, but. You know, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler have both had injury issues in, in in their young careers, and that's nothing like specifically against them, but it's the truth. And you know, Cortland Sutton hadn't shown the true number one type since he came back to the knee injury, and and a lot of guys in the second year uh, after that's when you really get back to it. And you know, that's not what it's looked like uh, this year. They found a really nice player in Dulcich, and of course, he wasn't on the field until right. five mm. weeks in when a bunch of other guys had already gone down. You know, like I don't think Javante Williams and Greg Dulcich have been on the field for a snap. Nope, uh, I don't think and so. They won't until sometime next year at the earliest. And mm. so there's a lot, but this happens in football. Like things don't just go exactly the way you want and exactly the way they planned. And I think they probably ended up shorter skill-wise for a myriad of reasons than than where they thought they were going to when, when camp started. No, I think that's a, that's a great point. That's a fantastic point. On paper, we have these conversations about teams every year, and the Broncos were just another example of an on-paper conversation that did not work out to plan. All right, before you get out of here, you mentioned Dion. I definitely wanted to ask you about that. It's a yeah. guy that, that covered, obviously, Nebraska and, and being around all of that. Do you think it's going to work? Do you like the hire? Well, I, you know, the staff that he's putting together is really impressive. Yeah. And, and, like, we're, we're talking about Nathaniel Hackett and, and staff composition and all this stuff. And, like, there, I think there's a lot of different ways to be a, a really successful head coach. And in college, more and more, especially, um, you know, going into this sort of NIL era, like, your head coach has to be – your best recruiter or one of your best recruiters. And like you said, my alma mater is Wisconsin, and they made a change from a guy who won a lot of games in Paul Christ, in part because that is not his DNA whatsoever. Like, mm-hmm. he does not want to do that. 
I mean, that Dion is going to do that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for as long as they'll let him, and he'll do it really well. And then when you put a guy like Sean Lewis, who has a really good reputation at the college level and, and who's willing to come be a coordinator, like I think – I really do think it's got a chance. Now, obviously there's pitfalls with, with everything, and, and we'll see. I don't – you know, it's not just going to be easy. Um, but in terms of like – it sounds funny because it's Deion Sanders. You bring him in for the interview, and and but I'm sure he got asked some of the same questions of like, who's going to be your offensive coordinator? What's your what's your culture? What's your approach? What's your what's your scheme and all that? And like, I'm I'm a lot less surprised that Rick George and and CU like thought, hey, this is the way to go than maybe I would have been a month ago because of what he's done like since he's got to Boulder and and with the staff he's putting together. I mean, they're going to get players, and, and it seems like they've got coaches that you would you'd look at it and say, hey, look, I mean, this has a real chance of, of being pretty good. That was my concern. Um, I know they can get players. We saw them getting, you know, four or five stars down there at Jackson State, and they're beating up on insurance salesmen. My question was, can they get, you know, X's and O's guys to win right. in the Pac-12, and it looks like he's doing it. Yeah, my question is just, you know, realistic expectations. The hype train on this thing, I mean, we're, we're in it right now with just the – it just happened. Think about what it's going to be even just next – July, yep. when we're, we're a month out from this thing, it, it's going to be over the And top. you haven't seen with him, like, I mean, they just had such success at Jackson State right away. Like, if they go three and nine in year one, like, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be all that unexpected. But, like, how do you handle that? And that's, right. part, that's part of anybody's growth as a head coach and, and certainly could be part of Dion's is, like, when you struggle, when you hit adversity, when you have a prolonged rough stretch, like, w- what do you do? How do you respond? And, and he'll probably – We'll probably get answers to those questions at some point. Definitely. Parker, this was a lot of fun, man. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for for having me. All right, again, Parker J. Gabriel on Twitter with the Denver Post. Fantastic insight. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus